Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Rebecca Dawson, and she is joining us from Australia, and we will be talking about her new book, The Agreement. Now, more than ever, excuse me, not more than ever before, humanity is awakening to the sovereign, inherent power of source. Something is stirring within the heart of humanity, an inner knowing that is being felt but not yet understood. For many awakening humans, the question becomes, what is this that I am sensing, and how do I express it into the external world? The wisdom contained within this book invites you to discover your truth in an entirely new way. Rebecca Dawson is an international teacher and author who has been sharing channeled wisdom for more than 25 years, delivering current leading-edge information about humanity's humanity's paradigm shift into multidimensional experience, the mechanics of reality, and the human blueprint. Together with aspects of source known as the masters, Rebecca offers knowledge and perspectives that usher humanity into a new era of consciousness. For more information, you can visit her website, which is www.rebeccadawson.net. And with that, I'd like to welcome Rebecca to the show. Good day, Rebecca. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. It is my thank you. It's my pleasure. <laughs> and and I, I, this is this is uh, definitely one of those weeks from down under. Two days ago, I had a gentleman from New Zealand. So uh, <laughs> we're uh, you were getting uh, the southern hemisphere represented in the show this week. Um, oh well, it's a time uh, for unification. <laughs> It is. It is. I know. Um, well, well, this is. I, this is really. I'm looking forward to our talk today because um, I, I think some of the information that you present is as as a, a wonderful way to um, help people kind of shift their their perspective and their their paradigms and and maybe even get a greater understanding of what's going on now. Um, so I'd like to start with. Um, you are a channeler, so. I understand that you discovered this at a young age. Would you mind sharing with the listeners how that came about? Sure. Um, Well, it wasn't something that was planned. I don't think anyone really plans uh, to be (laughs) be a channeler. You're going to grow up and and be a channeler. (laughs) Oh, yes. No, that wasn't really part of the plan. So um, Uh it it was spontaneous for me at quite a young age, 17, 18. I just left school. And I was uh, at university studying to become an architect. And uh, I was, I've always been interested in esoteric studies and metaphysics from, from really young age because I could always see things and sense things that, um, that most other people didn't seem to. So I, I took it upon myself to, to begin to study um, those sorts of things so I could understand what was happening for me. Um, but it wasn't until I was about 18 that one day spontaneously um, I started channeling actually for another person who was in distress 
and and all of a sudden it wasn't me speaking with them it was a different voice I felt very different I felt very expanded and what seemed like a couple of minutes uh, actually ended up being an hour in which there was some very in-depth conversation for this person about where they were at and what their history was and what their shift in perspective could be so that was really the beginning of it for me but I have to say it took a long time to become comfortable with it uh, and also to really accept it as uh, as the life for me um, I think we tend to when we're you know brought up in a very mainstream way think that you can't really do this for a living or your vocation because uh, perhaps it's not credible. <laughs> perhaps it's something you mm-hmm. should do on the side. So it's been quite the journey, quite the journey. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Well, you know, uh, I've had um, – well, let me ask you first, and then I want to give you kind of how my kind of views of channeling have, have progressed. Since you started that at 17, have, have your views or understanding of channeling changed at all? Yes, really so much. And I think that that's what's enabled me to really embrace um, not only how it expresses for me, but to encourage other people to tap into their own capacity as well. I think when I first started channeling, you know, I had a very dualistic um I guess typical metaphysical view of of what channeling is, well, certainly back then, which was, you know, that there's um, higher vibrational beings or aspects of consciousness that come into me, into my vessel as a body and and speak through me. Um, And I always saw myself quite separate from that. Um, But what I've learned over the years, not only from my experience with, with all the channeling that I've done, but also from the information that's coming through, is that it's an opportunity now for humanity to shift our view on this. So I'm really understanding and experiencing channeling now as not bringing something in, but bringing something out. Because the more that we move into unification, the more we move into an awareness of our totality as a collective consciousness, we start to understand and experience what it is to be able to access everything. And so whereas, you know, the, um, the aspects that flow through me, you know, I used to really identify heavily with them as ascended masters, and a lot of people still do, I tend to experience now that energy and the channeling as different aspects of source, different threads of consciousness that are accessible. And I think this is something that everybody has the capacity to do. We just don't believe that we have permission to do it. Yeah. Well, that's a, uh, yeah, that's an interesting view of it. Now, see, if, if I had that dualistic, you know, view of, of channeling. I, one of the things for me that is challenging is that sometimes the information provided um, it's. It can be enlightening. It can be, you know, perspective shifting. Um, but sometimes I, I think there is a. Um, for me, it seems that there is a missing component of translating it into application here. You know, 
know. So, I mean, it, it's kind of like sometimes the information received, information received is at such a, a higher level. I mean, I, don't, I use the word higher just because, or maybe a more global level than. Um, then it, it it's it's kind of like okay well I'm here in this frame you know in this you know reality at at the yeah. moment so how does that information how can I use that information not only to help myself but also promote what it is that you know they're explaining so um, what would you say to people like me who sometimes wonder if that, that channeled information isn't um, um, applicable or isn't um, pertinent to the human experience? Well, I think, you know, this is really a bridge that we're crossing now as a collective humanity because I think when I started doing this, there were some really macroscopic, you know, multidimensional views of, of reality that were, was being presented um, through a lot of the wisdom that was coming from the channelings that we were delivering. And I think that a lot of people would ask that question, well, how do I ground this into everyday reality? How does this help me on a personal level? I think what we're beginning to understand now, especially within the last eight to, to 10 years on the planet, is that people are actually starting to move beyond their sense of individual journey and actually starting to look at where are we going as a humanity. So I don't think it's so much that, um, you know, the theory of macroscopic view or multidimensionality becoming more practical. I feel that it's more that humanity is shifting its awareness and consciousness towards that as the nature of their reality. And I think when we begin to talk about the mechanics of how reality is actually designed, that kind of information can be incredibly practical in our everyday decisions if we are willing to get out of everything that we've already known and everything that we've already been doing habitually. And I think that's the biggest challenge for people because if they want knowledge to apply to how they're already doing things it's not going to be incredibly helpful it's really being willing to suspend your belief of what you already think works to take that leap into what's possible and i think that's true for all of humanity at this time yeah okay i can see that you're talking about basically a shift in human experience, you know, toward that multi-dimensional, um, you know. So as far as it being um, applicable or relevant, you know, as we shift into that multi-dimensional perspective, then its application would be, um, I would think, easier understood. Um, now, because it's so available, you, and I think, if I may, yeah. one of the one mm-hmm. of the the, the very important things about this is that we know that humanity and we know that ourselves as individuals, it's only when things stop working for us that things stop flowing, that, that the same things we've always done stop being so efficient for us in our manifesting and our creating that we actually start to look for something else and a different approach. And I think we can see that on a global level right now. Yeah, yeah, very much. Now, you indicate that the 
the masters, just the collective term, the masters are the people or the, the entities from whom you gain get information. So um, can you tell us a little bit um, about them? I mean, are there individual and other individual energies within the group that you that uh, maybe kind of stand out or or maybe have particular specialties you know of course. Um, in of course. information yes so i mean the first uh, i guess 10 or 15 years that uh, i would we were we have been bringing through information about this impending shift that we're sitting in right now. Um, Those streams of information were highly um, personified and highly identifiable as very different personalities, different voices, different mannerisms. Um, When I channel, I'm a voice channel, but because I often channel in front of large audiences, um, I don't sit down and do it with my eyes closed. It's it's very animated. So I'm walking around and addressing people and and it happens like that. So the the personalities are very clearly defined. So the um we have we have three main identifiable streams that come through and that is um Serapis, who was my, my first my first introduction to channeling. He was the first energy that ever came through. I used to call him Big Head for a while until I was very sternly corrected <laughs> because it used to feel like my head was so big when he would come through. <laughs> so sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> as an eighteen year old, yeah. Um let's bring in Big Head. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was therapist, and then uh, and then some a few years after that, Jermaine um, started coming through, who I've come to know as Saint Germain, and then Kasumi came through, I think, in around 2010, 2011, uh, and and they have different fields. Therapist is incredibly interested and very authoritative with his understanding of the mechanics of reality and creation and how we're designed, how everything works, so that we can we can understand it and we can use our capacity better to create a new earth reality. Saint Germain talks about more in depth. He talks about what that looks like in the human experience, what that looks like on a daily experience, especially within the physical body, the emotions, our thought processes, how all of that translates in there. And then Kasumi is the one that comes in when um, there's a great deal of embracing that's required so usually when there's some um, disruption that's being felt within the collective it's just a wonderful benevolent energy that comes through to remind people that they're they're okay despite all their experience of disruption but more recently uh, with some of the bigger concepts that are coming through now um, and some of the more macroscopic views of our dimensional shift they will come through as a group energy Oh, okay. Is now when you are channeling them, um, is that now is is a is a group energy um, just as I, I guess easy to communicate with as, as an as, as individual? I mean, you know, it's not like there's. Um, multiple voices going on. I mean, I, I'm just using it as an example. I'm trying to imagine the group 
communicating? I mean, is it kind of like a, a roundtable in a way? You know, I mean, how, how does it no, come in? not so How much. does it feel to you? Well, it just feels like a very expanded, unified energy. Um, and you can tell when they're coming through as a group because they start talking about we. Uh, they identify okay. themselves as we. And I really enjoy it when that happens because it's a very, very rounded view on things. And I would liken it to hearing one note on the piano or hearing three notes together as a chord. Mm. So it's, um, it's a very magnified energy. Yeah, okay, okay. Now, um, why do you think the, the masters are having you um, kind of bring this information, coming to the agreement, you know, the book, the agreement? What, what, what is it about um, the information in there that is relevant to this particular time period? Well, this, this book actually, I feel, is a culmination of everything that we've been leading to in the last 25 years. It's actually, it's actually our third book. Uh, the first one was The New Human Experience, talking about the shift from 3D to 5D. And the second one was about the human experience in that, dropping through roles, identities, and purpose. But this one, this one is not so much talking about how to handle things right now. This one is really a handbook and a definitive understanding of what the new earth reality is, how it works, how your bodies work within it, how your emotions work within it, how thought process works, how belief works, um, so that we can actually get a very, very clear view about how it is that we can actually engage and become the fullest version of ourselves as a humanity moving forward. So it's, to me, this information is incredibly powerful, which is why I'm speaking to people about it. Uh, it's the first time I've really actively promoted uh, anything that we've done because the information in it is so powerful and so timeless. And the masters have shared with me that this information has not been available on the planet for some time, but that it was known um, originally that this is what humanity is designed for, but we've, we've become so limited along the way that we've forgotten what the design is and how to actually use it. Hmm. So now one of the, your book is broken down into, you know, a multiple sections. It starts with uh, the body goes to emotions, thought, um, relationships, belief, you know, um, so there's a whole lot of um, different areas. Why, why start with the body? What, what is it um, about the body that um, that we should know? Well, it, it, it is. Uh, thank you for asking that question because it is really important that we start with the body. The body is usually the last thing we look at when we go on a spiritual journey. And within a lot of spiritual contexts and scripture over the years, the body is usually or oftentimes that which is denied and that which we try to ascend beyond. And yet our physicality is not only our doorway into this reality, but it's also the doorway into multidimensionality. 
And we don't really understand how our bodies were originally designed, what they're designed for, and what they're actually capable of. And so there is a lot of information in that chapter about this and about what it's actually designed for because we're not actually using our physicality for what it's designed for. We often think that our bodies are vessels or they're containers and that in many ways they limit what we can do and that they encapsulate who we are rather than understanding the body as the ultimate vehicle for accessing cosmic wisdom to be able to move in and out of different realities. I mean, it's an incredible, incredible design, but that information has been forgotten or lost and we've become in many ways restricted by what we understand about the body and I think we're seeing even this in medicine now you know doctors are just discovering medicine's just discovering new organs within the body new um, capacities that the body has that that you know that information has been lost for so long so the body is very important because it's our doorway into this reality and 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 yeah. the masters are very clear that this is not really about ascending out of 3D. It's about bringing multidimensionality to 3D, and that happens through the body. Okay. So now, with the design, the body design, um, what um, what is it that maybe was the, the original, so to speak, design and and the changing design are, are are we is is the body um, is the design of the body changing or is our, our DNA or our human blueprint is that changing? It is, and it's actually being restored. So originally, our our DNA design is is not what it is today. And because of the increasing vibration of frequency on the planet right now, it's actually being restored back to its original capacity. And the masters describe it almost as an unfurling of almost like a, a fern or a frond. It's starting to unfold. And as it unfolds, we start to have greater senses. We have greater capacities. We have greater abilities to create beyond our current thought systems. We also have the ability to become, well, to be returned to a longevity and immortality, um, to be able to move beyond space and time, which we've been very limited by. So there's an awful lot of human genius that's available to us for the first time in, in a really long time. But unless we actually know about it, and unless our attention is drawn to, oh, this is actually what the body can do, this is what it's designed for, we tend to keep having expectations of limitation on ourselves. Yeah. You know, I, I've often wondered, you know, when science talks about junk DNA, you know, DNA with, with no um, observable or... Um, observable purpose um i often felt that it was just some of uh maybe those inherent capacities that just went dormant um, right yeah yeah hmm. and how so does now, something go dormant so this is a very interesting <laughs> point if i may 
because the masters are always talking about how nothing in our earth in our 3d earth reality can truly exist for us without human focus so if the human is not aware of what these aspects of dna are if we're not aware of humanity of what these capacities are they don't exist for us as soon as something is drawn to our attention it exists we begin to use it it becomes part of our reality so that which we're not aware of can come into our existence if we are you know if it's revealed in a certain way and i, I think some of the powerful you know energy in in these channelings and this information is it actually directs our attention to it it's like oh that exists and once you unsee mm. it once you see it you can't unsee it once you know it you can't <laughs> unknow it <laughs> Yeah, that's that's something with awareness. I mean, once you once you know, I mean, it's like okay, it's forever changed, you know, and, and um, you know, perspectives and worldviews change. Um, uh, well, now, is there? Well, let, let's talk a little bit about 3D and 5D because we talked a couple times about 3D bringing things like that multi-dimensional experience into 3D into. So, can you? For the listeners, can you maybe explain a little bit about the 3D and 5D realities and, and how they differ? Sure. I'll, I'll try and make it as simple as I can because we could talk for a couple of days about this. So I'll, I'll, I'll be really brief. So, so the, basic, the basic difference between any dimensional reality, let's talk about 3D and 5D, for example, which is the shift that we're going through at the moment on the planet. Our, our consciousness is shifting from one to the other. It, it's really the mechanics of how energy works and the rhythm of how consciousness expresses itself that defines the difference between one dimension and another. So in third dimensional reality, we have a reality that is based on cause and effect action and reaction and that requires duality and separation so anything that is created or manifested within third dimensional reality requires a donation of energy from one point to another point and it traverses distance that's the maya that's the illusion that distance so for example if you're uh, pushing a ball up a hill you have energy to do that you transfer that energy to the ball and the ball can begin to move. But it requires consistency. It requires uh, repetition. And it requires a lot, of, a lot of energy, a lot of focus, and then you have to recharge again afterwards. So we could also liken that, uh, if we wanted to look at a geometry for this, we could liken that to a circle. Everything within 3D is cyclical. It goes, everything goes around and around. We see it in our economy. We see it in our emotional patterns. We see it in what we understand about karmic cycle, all, all cyclical. But it's a cycle of perpetual motion, and it's very, very, very difficult to get out of it or to shift it into something new. Now, when we start talking about 5D, we're not working in cycles anymore. We're actually existing with consciousness acting in the rhythm of a pulse and actually this is more in alignment with how the earth was designed to be it's a pulse-like energy 
which means that there are moments when we're engaged and moments when we're not, and moments when we're productive and moments when we're not, moments where we have um, a desire to do something and moments where we feel very apathetic. And that's where a lot of people are right now. We also see that geometrically as a sphere. Rather than a circle, all of a sudden, we have a whole bunch of different directions we can move in. Whole new, whole new lot of permutations and possibilities for experience. Whereas before, in 3D, we would get the same experiences over and over and over and over again. Humanity's been in the same cycle of experience for more than 300,000 years. So 5D, all of a sudden, there's availability for more. We have multi-directional attention and focus. So sometimes it can feel like you're all over the place. I'm here and then I'm here and then I'm here. But once we move into 5D, we actually begin to expand out of repetition and consistency and more into our original design as a human species, which is to create. Because in 3D, you can't create anything new. All you can do is make permutations of what's already been done, what's already known. So to create a new Earth reality, we have to go through a shift into 5D and then ultimately beyond that into multidimensionality. Okay. Well, <laughs> excuse me. That's, I, I like the, um, the visual of, you know, the, the circular, the cyclical aspect of 3D in, in the, the spherical um, perspective of, of 5D. Um, so now, oh gosh, we're halfway through the show already. I can't believe it. Um, let me, let me <laughs> just um, invite listeners, if they want to call in with any questions, they can call in at 619-789-4359. And for those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions for Rebecca, feel free to post them there. Um, and then when we come back, Rebecca, I want to kind of – um, you know, talk a, a bit about the current Earth reality of what's what's happening with the Earth um, health-wise, you know, and then also the very topical uh, coronavirus and kind of how that fits into the picture. Okay. Sure. Sounds good. <laughs> Everyone, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this very brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc., and we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our home page. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests. 
and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us again today. My very special guest joining us from Australia is Rebecca Dawson, and we're talking about her new book, The Agreement, as well as her experience and perspectives from channeling the masters. For more information about what Rebecca has to offer, you can visit her website, which is www.rebeccadawson.net. Okay, with that, we're back, Rebecca. Hi. <laughs> hey. Okay, well, you know, um, I want to talk about the Earth as a whole, but also coronavirus. So I guess let's let's start with the corona, um, because that is kind of what's <laughs> it's really kind of tur- turned the world um, upside down um, in many ways. Um, have Have you had any conversation with? Your, the, the the masters about the what we're experiencing now. Oh oh yes. So I mean we've been we've been talking at least for the last eight years about the impending shift, the impending impending collective shift, and hand in hand with that, the um, dissolving or the disarming, if you will, of the third dimensional external systems that our attention and focus is still on and we're largely engaging and participating with that we need to release ourselves of as a collective to be able to make this shift into 5D. So what we're seeing this year in 2020 is we're actually seeing a disruption, major disruption to systems, um, systems of governance, economic systems, education systems, health systems, pretty much anything that's based on what we've just spoken about before, third dimensional cause and effect, and structural hierarchy that has required a lot of energy from us, a lot of constant attention and focus uh, and participation. And so when we look at what's happening this year with um, this, coronavirus is really um, a mass, not only a mass awakening of humanity because we're learning that we can't necessarily rely on external systems of information and belief anymore, but we're also seeing those third dimensional systems that we believed kept us safe um, actually start to stretch and, 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 and stretch at the seams. And, and the masters liken this, actually, they've been talking about this for a while. They liken it to a fabric. Uh, so third dimensional fabric, like a piece of material. And that as it becomes saturated with experience, because we've been doing this for 300,000 years or so, it begins to fray and it begins to stretch and holes start appearing in this fabric. And that's exactly what we're seeing now. So not only are we seeing a stretching and a creaking and a groaning of these external third dimensional systems, we're also being deeply encouraged to return to ourselves at this time. And indeed, the masters, we do a, we do a seminar at the beginning of every year, uh, themes for the year um, that we put out. And this year, the theme in January they gave was sovereignty and nationalism. And I thought, well, that's strange. <laughs> We, don't, we never talk about things like that. What's going on here? And, and sure enough, 
the, the world is, is moving into an experience of, of sovereignty and nationalism, which I think is, is indicative of what's happening on a personal experience. We're being deeply encouraged to move back to our own wisdom, to rely on our own truth, to know that our stability exists within ourselves, because for sure our stability is not displaying itself in any of our external systems at this time. Wow, yeah, you know, I've often, I mean, you know, kind of just sitting back and trying to, to get a view of what's going on. I mean, it really, I mean, to me, it seems that, like, you know, for years, um, the earth and, and uh, just um, the, um, it just seems that, you know, for years we've been trying, we've been trying to get this awakening going. You know, I mean, it's one of those things where it seems that, you know, that it was sporadic, maybe hit and miss, you know, a little bit of advancement here, a couple steps back there, but it just never seemed to be global in um, impact. And, and it just seems that this, this uh, the coronavirus has really um, brought home the idea of you know a global community um, recognizing I mean very clearly you know what kinds of uh, behaviors and beliefs work you know and what which ones don't um, and now the things that I'm curious about is that you know with the um, the dissembling of structure you know that's been going on uh, is that uh, what what's going to be erected in its place? You know, is it are we going to kind of um, learn from the experience and maybe have kind of a fifth dimensional rebuilding, or or are we going to you know go back to 3D and try and um, reconstruct old struct you know systems that. Um, that we know that don't work, you know, in, in this new environment. So what's, what's your view on, on the subsequent rebuilding of the structures that are being tested and kind of ripped away? Well, I think that's such a great, a great question. So one of the things that I, I didn't touch on before when I was speaking about the difference between 3D and 5D reality and therefore 3D and 5D systems, is that mm -hmm. the 3D is based on this consistent requirement for energy input to get anything moving. Now, humanity, we are the ones that are donating energy to these systems constantly. And while we're doing that, we're not creating. When we start talking about 5D and 5D systems, manifestation and creation begins to happen through a system of resonance which doesn't require donation of energy, but rather a reinforcement and an amplification of your energy. And so I think that, you know, the best way we can describe this in a very simplistic way is when we start to look at quantum mechanics, because we start to see things happen in a sense of resonance and agreement, there's that word, rather than uh, a donation of energy to get things running, which is not terribly efficient and requires a lot of human investment. So those 5D systems that are based on resonance 
um, and do not require large amounts of donated energy from humanity are already in place. And because this is something that, you know, there's some incredibly conscious people on the planet. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this this information it's, it's so has been known for some time. <laughs> that's right. Uh, it's encouraging and, to see them. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, that's true. And so this, you know, we have to ask the question: Well, if this information is available through me, and I'm, I, you know, I'm just just one human in in a very remote city in Australia, then this information about this impending changeover in systems is is certainly been available to other people for some time and people who are in a position to be able to do something about that. So as I have understood it, as the masters have shared, these systems have actually already been constructed. They've already been conceived. They're actually already in place and they're actually already running. But the mass changeover hasn't occurred between the 3D systems and the 5D systems. And why is that? It's because, again, the magic ingredient is human focus and attention because human focus and attention is what will allow it to become the new normal, these new systems. And so in order for that to happen, we have to be willing to disengage our attention from what we've always known and what's always kept us safe and what we believe works. And we have to be willing to look towards something new. And that's exactly what humanity is going through right now. So I've got no doubt at all that those new systems are already in place. They're already sitting there in the wings. And this is about Mm -hmm. a collective movement of human awareness from something that does not support us to something that enables us to become more amplified versions of ourselves and show what we can really do as a species. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that, and and you know the um, the idea of resonance, um, you can see uh, that there is you know whenever you have, uh, whenever you witness an example of an awakened um, response to issues, you know that you know it does attract. Um, like-minded, you know, the, the, those who resonate, you know, across borders. I mean, it'd be, it's more of a, you know, um, global, it's, it's kind of like um, a global network or, or connection that, you know, people are being drawn together to, like, you know, I wouldn't say create those structures, but maybe, like, I think the word you used was amplify, maybe to amplify that particular uh, uh, worldview and, and problem solving for for some of our, you know, our, our daily problems here. Right. And I think that this will extend yeah. into our economic systems. I think it will extend into our education systems. I mean, if we look at the third dimensional systems we already have in place, one of the really big proponents of that is not only donating energy to them through consistent engagement and production, even just getting up and going to work in the morning. It's a lot of energy that's required to do that. But it also, it also requires a sense and an understanding and a belief and a value in sacrifice because you give up oftentimes what you really want 
in order to donate energy into these systems. And with the difference between that and when we go into quantum systems of resonance is that you don't have to sacrifice anything. That's an incredible shift in thinking and in belief. Yeah. How do you manifest yeah. and create without giving anything up? I mean, that's natural law. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Some some people would be just flabbergasted to recognize that you know that uh, you don't have to uh, give up of course. anything. Uh, you know, and, and I mean that you know the idea of you know limited supply of, of whatever is you know I mean it gets into the idea of you know unlimited supply and and um, just uh, expanded consciousness. That's some. Um, yeah. Now, and did you know yeah. on that note, Robert, sorry, I just want to throw this in there, that the masters have shared that we are the only planetary system in this galaxy whereby scarcity is valued more than abundance. So if you look at that pyramid yeah. of scarcity, the thing that's valued the most is the thing that's most scarce. It's an inversion of natural law. Yeah. In every other system, the abundance <laughs> is the most valued. <laughs> it's crazy. We, leave, it, leave it to us to, to choose that, this particular version. <laughs> but that's all right. You know, but, you know we're, I guess we're kind of leading the way of, of showing how to transform, how to shift, you know, for, yeah. for those. Um, and, you know, and, and there's a lot to be said with that, that, you know, there's – bringing people along, you know, and, and, you know, I think that's, uh, you know, the process of awakening and awareness, you know, I think that it's, uh, I don't know, I guess, I guess my view of it is, is that it's a, a way that we, uh, can, we can demonstrate that anything can be, be created out of nothing, you know, that, that we have that creative Spark, you know, to be able to create, and as well as also to transform, and um, That's right. it's kind of like the the alchemy of of our beliefs. So, oh, I love that. We are alchemical. We're alchemical beings, yeah. and uh, we're yeah. designed to create new things. We're the magic ingredient yeah. in this reality. Humanity is not <laughs> really the problem. It's what we've come to believe about ourselves that really is the problem. Yeah, exactly. So now, beyond the coronavirus and, and the, the um, impact that it's having, what about um, what kind of have the masters said about the the Earth, about Gaia, and, and the um, the health of the Earth? Um, are there any particular um, things for us to to kind of keep in mind, or or the status of of the health of, of Earth? Yeah, I think this is um this is a, a great question. Actually, I have a, a video that I've just done on this in the last couple of days. It's going to be on YouTube shortly if people want to have a look at that. Um, <laughs> because the master did bring through some information about that just in the last few days. And I think I think two things. I think first of all, humanity needs to remember that we are extensions of the planet, um, not additional to it. Because if we look at the nature of reality, we're all one, and humanity is an extension of the planet. What, 
our dilemma at this time is that humanity has forgotten that we are an extension of the planet and we see ourselves as separate and additional to it. Now, because of that, our focus as a collective consciousness has been upon these systems that require a lot of uh, donation of our energy to keep things running. And our attention is not on the earth and not on the natural laws that exist here. So again, we go back to our, our um, perspective that nothing really exists without human attention or focus. So what the masters have suggested is that based on the mechanics of reality, the reality of earth existing in its totality and wholeness and in, and in perfect health actually still exists. But our attention and our focus as a humanity is on problem solving and is on artificial forms of life, artificial systems that are not about natural law, but are about order, which is very different to natural law. It's interesting how we have the phrase law and order next to each other when they're two incredibly different concepts. And so when humanity begins to return its attention, attention to earth, return its attention to natural law, the earth is really going to reveal itself in all of its glory and reinstate itself as a focus of our attention. So the masters don't really approach this, the earth as a problem to be solved. They approach humanity's focus and attention as the issue. Because where we place our focus and attention, that's where reality appears. And through the dissemination of all these external systems on the planet right now, it's my anticipation and my view that humanity will begin to adjust its focus back to the planet again. I think we're already seeing this in recent years. However, we're still seeing the earth as a problem or humanity as a problem. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, you know, uh, to the as far as highlighting the impact of humanity on the Earth systems. Um, you know, with when all those shutdowns happened, and you know, you, the Italians saw fish in the canals of you know Venice, and you know, pollution right. over China kind of disappeared. I mean, to me, it was one of those. It was like, okay, you know. Humans, you know, here is a, you know, a clear example of the impact that we have, and and that you know, in the relatively short period of you know our of this uh, coronavirus experience and shutdowns and that kind of, I mean, it's a relatively short period of time. Um, Earth is. seemed to um, rebound. You know, quickly, well, or, you yes. know, at least more observably. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, because our attention is less on these systems that we are unconsciously participating with every day and expending all our energy into. We're, we're being, many of us are being prevented from doing that at this time or somewhat to a lesser extent. So it's interesting that the presence and consciousness of humanity, when directed, towards certain things completely changes our experience of reality. So if we're unconsciously just going through the motions every day, all of our energy as creative beings is going into these systems to keep them running, 
but they're not actually going into being totally present with our earth. So, you know, it's really interesting, isn't it? The shift away from our attention on the systems coincides with the earth starting to appear to come back into a, an experience of health. So it's, it's interesting. It is. It is. And, you know, and just recognizing that, you know, it's simply a matter of attention, you know, putting one's attention toward, you know, that that, uh, greater perspective, the greater good, the multidimensionality, you know, just a shift in attention brings change. And, you know, and and so many, so many people, I think, feel, um, impotent in a way of being um, that that they're you know small one seven billionth of an existence on the planet as a as a person doesn't mean much you know but but in fact it, it can mean a whole lot. Oh, absolutely, especially because we're such potent creators. I mean, our presence and our consciousness as a species is incredibly powerful. It's just being you know, directed in one particular way for so long, which hasn't enabled us to see the beauty and the miracle of life. It's, it's, it's pushed us really and directed our focus into a sense of success and value that's based on repetition and productivity. And I'm not sure that that's what we're designed for. (laughs) (laughs) No. Well, gosh, we're getting down toward the end of the show. Now, The Agreement, the title of your book, um, what is The Agreement? So The Agreement really is is a, a principle for life, and it's a principle of resonance in how life is created. Um, and I think the ultimate agreement, actually, is your agreement to actually exist here. I think that's what humans find the most difficult. It sounds so simple. But I think humanity has come to a point in its own experience where it feels that it has to justify its existence. Even as an individual, unless you have a sense of mission or purpose or value that you feel that you're adding to this reality, you don't feel that you have the right to be here. And yet, and yet, we are all divine beings. I think it's a huge shift for humanity to actually agree that we belong on this planet. I think that's the shift that the earth has been waiting yeah. for. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> so <laughs> what, um, what is it that you hope that the readers are going to take away from reading the agreement? Well, it's not so much about what they take away. It's about what they begin to remember, what they begin to know about themselves. Um, I feel that this book is a very, very powerful energy to it. People who have already read it and picked it up have said that they've actually felt their energy shift without even beginning to read it. So there's an, there's an incredible amount of wisdom in it. And, and I guess my, my vision for this book, if I had one, is that it will completely allow people to move back into their sense of empowerment and, and know who they really are so that we can actually begin to, to create this new earth reality we've all been looking forward to. 
exactly. I'm ready. <laughs> so, well, now, on your website, you have a membership um, option for people. What what I'm, what does what does that bring? I do. So, um, I, I mean, I do a lot of seminars and I travel a lot for uh, different events. Obviously, I'm not um, traveling this year. But the membership, actually, there's a, a monthly uh, webinar with the masters where you can ask any questions that you like. And they also give a new meditation every every month. And there's a whole vault full of channelings and transcripts. Um, there's so much in there, actually. <laughs> it's, it's kind of crazy. There's also about four um, whole seminars and workshops that you can download as well uh, as a member that I keep adding to all the time. Um, but even if you just want to jump on the website and have a look, you can actually download that first chapter about the body uh, for free because it's such an important chapter. I want as many people to be able to access that as possible. So um, yeah, that will okay. certainly be a great introduction for people. That would be great. Well, Rebecca, I really want to thank you for your time today. I really enjoyed speaking with you. I enjoyed speaking with you too. Thank you. You're very welcome. And, and by the way, I do want to let everyone know that on uh, Rebecca's website, um, right next to account uh, login, you you have uh, Facebook. You've got a Facebook page. You've also got the, the YouTube link and, and Instagram. So people yes. can um, like you on Facebook follow you on YouTube and Instagram. I've already started following you on Instagram. So, um, oh, like thank you. So, Lots of so free resources on there for people. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Rebecca. Thank you so much, Robert. It's lovely to speak with you. It's been my pleasure. Again, everyone, today my special guest joining us from Australia has been Rebecca Dawson. She is the author of The Agreement, and as we mentioned, you can find out more about Rebecca and all that she has to offer by visiting the website, www.rebeccadawson.net. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at ByteRadio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch. 